1: So are you in agreement yeah, it's pretty obvious that our phones are spying on us? They know us. And not only do they spy on us, but then they twist it right around and say, oh, you like that? You might like this.
2: You know? I never used to buy that until Jen pointed it out to me. She's a little paranoid about all that stuff. Like, she won't even Google things. It was like, nope, if I Google that, then my <laughs> phone's going to start. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. And then, uh, like... We were in the market for a new car, and all of a sudden, I started getting all these car ads on my Twitter for timeline. And you know, now it's so bad that I'll just be like, "Boy, you know, I can kind of go for pizza for dinner tonight." And two minutes later, you get a Facebook ad for pizza. It's like, "All right, okay, I admit it. They're listening to us." Yeah. <laughs>
1: so I got—I'm now just entertained by the. Yeah, it's—it's it's the Facebook feed. That's too. the other thing. I don't give a shit. Like, I, I'm not mad about it. No, but, yeah. I'm not. I'm entertained. And yeah. so, my, my favorite that I've received so far was sometime last week. Uh, Finally, a device that you could use... When you have to go and you don't, and you're driving and you don't want to get out of the car, one
2: of those pee ha- when, catheters yeah, or yes, something. Yes, yes, a pee catheter. <laughs> and I'm
1: like, okay, flashbacks of Ontario Smith and the Wizinator. Yeah, uh, different sort of device, but yeah, I was like, and but then I thought to myself, okay, for sure, like this is an issue for me. Like I do pee a lot, but when, I can't remember the last time I was talking to somebody. Can, can this can can our phones now spy on our brains on what we think? And, yeah. and then I had recalled like maybe it was a week ago I talked to somebody about this how yeah because oh, yeah, it was a walnut bladder it was right before because <laughs> I was right before I went on a road trip and I ran into some random coworker at the radio station on a Sunday morning um, because I was parking my car there or something and and uh, just happened to come right before I drove to Minneapolis with a friend to go see the Adam Sandler show and. Uh, I but and like I thought we were gonna say hi, good to see you, whatever, and that was it, but you know, for some reason he brought up something and I just and, and then we ran into each other in the bathroom. The only two people in the building we ran into the bathroom <laughs> and he's like fifty-five and so he started talking about how he has to well, when well, I'm that ish and I'm yeah. like, Oh, you have no idea and I just explained to him took, huh? that I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kinda like That is a little Yeah, uh, let me share this with you. Well I do You were sharing it with I drink the, a lot of I drink a lot of water and I drink a lot of coffee in the morning and so uh you know and I could tell you why I do that, but yeah, we don't want to get we into know, that. Yeah, we know. And uh and so, yeah, I have to pee a lot and I'm about to go on a long road trip and I'm fearing that I just peed five, ten minutes ago, but I'm fearing that within, you know, the first second we're out of the Sioux Falls City limits I and mean, have crossed the Minnesota border, we're gonna have to take a piss again. But it took a week for my phone to then, I, I was weird, like, how, why did this take a week to process on the phone? Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's trying to tell me, here's a device where you can pee, you don't have to, have you ever done that, by the way, on a road trip, the Come whole into, it, pee into a jar thing, so you don't have to pull over? Uh,
2: I've, I've, uh, I've never like wore a device, anything like that. I've had plenty of instances where, you know, either me or someone else in the car was like, I gotta go right now and I can't hold. And you're like either in traffic. Usually, like, uh, well, I should be careful. I'll, I'll just go ahead. Usually, when we were. I was in my 20s and we were booze cruising somewhere, and everyone's, you know, it's like, yeah, we've passed around a bottle and all pissed in it before. It's something that Gen X people did in their 20s and now is considered horrible because. Nobody has you know, has fun anymore. But um, <laughs> that's what we used to do <laughs> for fun. Apparently, back that back in was the fun. 90s. Yeah, yeah. No. drink and drive and pee in a jar. Yeah. that was what we did. Yeah. yeah, I
1: went to Minneapolis with a, a friend who's uh, he's a, he's a few years younger than us, and he's like 38 or whatever. And he, he was I just warned him up front. He's like, I don't care, piss all you want. Well, like not in his car, but like we can stop. We'll stop. Whatever. How yeah. many times you want? I won't judge. Whatever. I've,
2: I've had I've had to <laughs> been in situations where there was a a female that had to pee in the car. And obviously it's a little harder for them to aim. And uh, that's ha- that's that's happened before too. And yeah, I was just like, just don't worry about it. It's, this isn't that nice of a car. Do well, your best. Well,
1: because my husband wants to just get, he's one of these people that, he's the type A people who want to get to the destination as soon as possible if it's a road trip. Even if you don't have anything to get to, like uh-huh. that's there, that's planned when you get there. As you get out of the car,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's
1: like, <laughs> Ugh. so if we're going to the Twin Cities or Omaha, like what? He doesn't say it, but he, you can feel it. Like one, one stop, one stop. The whole four hours or yep. three hours, and so if it's any more than that, or if it's within an hour and a half after you leave, he's like. Ugh. Uh, pulled it in, and I'm like, what? What are we trying to prove our manhood? I'm like, I'm sorry. Am I, uh, I, I? I don't like being uncomfortable. How's that? I'd rather yeah. just like Unless not I'm be uncomfortable. I'm in
2: danger of being late for something important, I'll stop just, five times. Yeah, I don't let's care.
1: just go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we ready to record? If we, uh, you want to start the podcast? Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? Real good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know, it's kind of my. It's, I was talking with Jason Hove today before the Jimmy's press conference. Like, It's kind of nice now to just know you're probably going to get Thanksgiving weekend off every year because you can just about pencil in the jacks for having a a bye in the first round of the FCS playoffs. And uh, So, yeah, I, I kind of knew for a while you're going to get that Saturday off, which you usually don't. And uh, generally I went to the cities, uh, spent the weekend up there, just, uh, you know, didn't do anything really, but just hang out and... Uh, have have dinner together and have drinks and stay in a nice hotel and we went and walked around. What are you doing tonight? Yeah, I sound like I'm in a.
1: Well, anyway. for a second I thought this is not picking you up. Are, oh. are you? Have you been hearing yourself okay? Yes. Like it's right in your ears, now not distant from Meyer, my ear. I feel
2: like I'm in a wind tunnel. But okay. as long as our son, all right, please turn that down just a little bit. Okay, is okay.
1: that I, better for you?
2: It's really loud for me.
1: It's really loud for you. Yeah. Okay, is that better? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know you could have done this before. I know to, we always uh, talk about, I, I always this. Talk about I'm that. I'm always yeah. trying
1: different things.
2: Anyway, we went to the cities, I had a nice this. weekend. Um, it's funny because, and I think I've said this before, but when you're when you cover college football for a living, you sometimes forget what it's like to be a college football fan. And holy shit, was Saturday fun! I mean, just sitting and watching football. I watched every snap of the Ohio State Michigan game. And that was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time. Uh, then we left, went down to the Mall of America, you know, do a little Christmas shopping, people watching that kind of stuff. And uh, Washington, Washington State was going on at that time. And uh, I wanted to watch that game, obviously, because, you know, the Kalen DeBoer, Jake Dickard angle, um, you know, two guys that I know from having coached here. I mean, obviously, we follow those guys, and that was fun. Um, and that turned out to be a great game. You know, we thought Washington was probably there 11 and 0 or whatever, and Washington State I think was 5 and 6, and they almost beat them. You know, that could have knocked Washington out of the playoff picture and ruined their whole season. Uh, so we sat and watched that game. That was fun. Uh, watched some other football during. The- I didn't watch too much of the FCS playoffs because I would have had to like, you know, have my phone out or my computer. We were just watching whatever was on TV. But anyway, long way of saying, yeah, sometimes I forget how much fun it is to just watch those games for fun. And have a few beers and some chicken wings while you're doing it, as opposed to sitting in a press box or whatnot. So, anyway, it's, yeah, it's, had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah,
1: no, I, I'm with you. I'm just, I was just figuring out the audio the whole time, and that's <laughs> that's awesome for you because I thought it was a fun day as well. Uh, yeah, there were, well, that's what I, that's what I. There were so many great games. I yeah. mean, uh, I
2: missed some of them. You couldn't yeah. watch all of them.
1: No, yeah. uh, but you know, you try to stick with you try to stick with the A list here. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State was was. Almost a perfect football game to me because yeah. it was plenty of offense, but not too much, not, not agree, just like 60-yard yep. play every other play, yep. 50 to 40-something. No yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, went right down to the wire, and uh, and I think what was predictable happened there. But it was uh, all you could ask for and more. Uh, epic. And then Alabama-Auburn was, oh, my gosh, Auburn played with them the whole time. The, the classic uh, rivalry game where the, the, ending, the heavy underdog, and then, of course, it was a legendary ending. And I I want to get to Washington... Wazoo in a moment because that was that was my that was the that was the night game to me that was well actually that was at the same time as afternoon yeah it was the same it finished at night it was the same time as Alabama the last game
2: I remember watching was Ohio
1: State Kansas that was a late game Ohio State yes Iowa State yeah well that's that's that's, that was Iowa State
2: Kansas State Jesus yes that was
1: that was the fourth that was the fourth of the four good because it was it was was snow foot of snow yeah yeah yeah. oh it was terrific Um, the (laughs) so I went to another bar and I don't mean to shit on every other bar because there are some bars besides Gateway Sound great. On? Not only do they not have the sound on, but I mean, this is uh, this is a place that's more than just a bar, but it was de- it definitely has a bar that's like, hey, we're a sports bar, we got a bunch of big, huge TVs, and we got a bunch of games on. They didn't have Washington, Washington State on. So clearly, people who don't go there are not big sports fans, right. or had the depth of knowledge of uh, how big of a game Washington, Washington State was, especially in South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was pro. and it took, you know, I, <laughs> I said, hey, could you get me uh, the Washington, Washington State, what channel is it on? <laughs> it's your Fox. job to know and that. And then it took him yeah. forever to find Fox Local, the local Fox. They, they, anyway,
2: oh, um, my uncle Greg would be spinning in his grave. <laughs>
1: former uh,
2: bar owner, sports so, bar owner.
1: And so, w- while I was having a chuckle about that, that clearly the people working at this time just weren't sports people and didn't know what the good games were at the time, and didn't even know what channel. To t- it, I then thought of my—I have a one of my best uh, friends, who's a college buddy who lives in the Seattle area. And he was a college wrestler, but he's not a sports fan. He's just a typical uh, hippie slash pu- country bumpkin. And uh, he, he's almost proud of the fact he doesn't like sp- one of these people. He's like almost proud of the I fact... I don't like
2: of- him already. <laughs>
1: you, would, you would enjoy the hell out of him. Uh, you would really have a good time. But uh, he, I, I just it's like, hey, you watching the Apple Cup? And it took him a couple days to respond. But he's like, no, I wasn't. And I'm like, "You really? Well, that's too bad because I don't know if you know this, but like Washington has one of its best teams ever. It's one of the best teams in the country. It's in the hunt to win the national title. And it's got like a prolific offense that's really fun to watch. Like if you if you if you can't if you don't like Husky football, you don't like football." Uh-huh. And he was like, "Really? That's interesting. I should check them out." And I just like facepalmed. I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god." And it's a reminder. And I texted him this. This is a reminder that there are there are those people out there. They just don't, they just don't, either they don't like sports or they just don't watch them. And so therefore nothing is on their radar. And whenever, every year we see, you know, the Super Bowl is always the highest rated TV show of the uh-huh. year. Right. And what is it usually like half the country? Uh-huh. And be, most people go, that's just so amazing. Like half of the TVs are on the same channel. My brain always goes to, who are
2: these other people? Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he had no, and, you know, and I just tossed in like, oh, by the way, your coach is, as, you know. Won three national titles at the University of Sioux Falls 15 years ago. Uh-huh. So he's pretty awesome. He's like, oh, I should check that out. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you probably should. But, are, but am, are we being too Pollyannish here? Isn't they're just. Uh, Kalen's team is a blast to watch. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with him. No
2: question. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, y- y- Indiana just fired Tom Allen, who had his most successful year mm-hmm. when Kalen was his offensive coordinator. Uh, his only successful year. Yeah. Pretty
1: sure it was. That his is only.
2: really telling. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I, I slash we, we're all kind of biased. Like, oh, Kalen's the greatest. He went 67-3 and at USF and won all these national championships, and he's, you know, the greatest this, that, and the other. But you sometimes wonder, like, you know, not that I ever doubt that he's great, but, like, how great is he, you know? That, to me, is as telling as anything. You know, he goes to Indiana. They have the best season they've ever had. He leaves, and they immediately go, you know, fall back to the pack. Like I said, that coach just got fired now. And they'd give anything to have Kalen as their head coach right now. Um, you know, he goes to Washington. I don't remember what the situation was at Washington before he got there. That's a program that has had a lot of success over the years. They were a national champion. When I was a kid, when we were kids, they were a powerhouse. I think they shared the national title in 91, you know, back when they had the, the Heward brothers and, and some other great players back then. But um, So it's not like he's turning, you know, Purdue into a national contender or anything like that. But still, I mean, they had kind of fallen off the list of
1: blue bloods. Steve Sarkeesian, who's now at Texas and a national title contender, he couldn't get out of the 500 zone when he was at Washington. Yeah. And he had plenty uh, of resources. Yep.
2: And uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of years, you know, because not at all trying to imply that Kalen is winning with the last guy's coaches or anything like that. But, you know, we'll see how, how it sustains its last guy's players is what I meant. Um, we'll see how it, it, it develops over the next couple of years but just to see what they're doing there to see what happened to Indiana after he, he left yeah. the success he had at Fresno State before he came to Washington the national attention he's getting and that he's doing it too with a lot of his boys you know it's not like he stepped into the that seat and said okay now I'm gonna go out and get all these big shot d1 coordinators it's Chuck Morell, it's Ryan Grubb you know I mean that's
1: maybe just maybe Curtis Riggs soon maybe yeah,
2: yeah. I mean it's' It's wild to see that. Um, and it, you know, Kalen is still what 47 48. I mean he's just a couple years older than you and I me, mean, you and me. So I mean you know, it kind of feels like the sky's the limit a little bit, you know. I mean, Curtis said to me once, I don't want to put words into either one of their mouths, but that he thought Kalen might someday have NFL aspirations, coaching the NFL. Um, he's now at the point where any job opens up. You know, we heard it with Nebraska last year, you know, Texas a and M. I I heard that his name get thrown around uh, when the Michigan State job opened. I actually heard him talk about Ryan Grubb as a, as a candidate at Michigan State. Uh, the sky's the limit for him. They could win the national championship this year. They're probably going to be in the college football playoff. That is just—you just, uh, you, you just kind of run out of words to describe just what he's done, but also you know the magnitude of the whole story. This guy, who I still think of Kalen DeBoer as that awesome amateur baseball player. That's who he'll always be to me. You know, I kind of have to remind myself. No, he's now one of the best college, fo- one of the best football coaches in the nation, and that's that's cool. And and I don't think there's any way any of us here in South Dakota. Can make too big a deal out of it, you know. There, there's just no, there's no overstating it.
1: Well, there's the there's the Sports Illustrated curse. There's the Madden video game curse. So now there's going to be the nobody's listening anyway curse because <laughs> we kind of like we 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 slipped it in there a couple times, but. Not really this year. Just how mind-blowing because they're they're on national they're now on national TV every week. Yep. Every game is huge because of their record and because the Pac-12 was pretty awesome in its final year. Every almost every game it's felt like a losable game. Almost every game felt like it was against a top 25 team and even ones that weren't like Stanford. Well, that was the team that came all the way back to beat Dion's team and mm-hmm. that was actually a close game toward the end. And now they've got Oregon, and it's going to be hard to beat Oregon twice in a year. So the national title thing might go right, you know, this weekend. But it still doesn't take away like he is. My God, he's now twenty, what twenty-two and two or something like that at Washington. It's mind blowing. And what how he's doing it is first of all, it's his side of the ball is the strong side. Their, their their weak link is their defense. That's how Stanford stayed with them. That's how uh, you know they beat Oregon like 35-32 35-32. Um, but his side of the ball, I mean, he brought a Heisman Trophy candidate from Indiana. Penix was his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. They torched Nebraska the one year that Kalen was at Indiana. I was at that game in Lincoln, and it just tells you like he's got a quarterback. How do you get the quarterback? The quarterback came there with him or rejoined him there. Rejoined like him. That, yeah. that was the Penix is in Washington because of Kalen. Yep. and it's clear why because he they could, he puts together offenses that rack up points. Also, though, if you watch a little carefully, especially the last couple weeks, late and close games against Oregon State and then Washington State on Saturday, Kalen goes for the jugular. He is aggressive with his play calling. He's not— he's... Didn't really
2: like the ones right before the field goal there at the end. <laughs> I was kind of watching it going, what are you doing? Run the ball. Yeah. But, I mean, but, uh, almost to a
1: fault. Can't
2: argue— that That's always been how he was. Yeah. When he was USF's coach, there were times, you know, far be it for me to sit here and and question a guy. We just got done talking about, you know, the best coach in college football. But he would do stuff like that, and I was always a little closer to Curtis. So I would sometimes say to Curtis, like, dude, what were you doing? You know, and sometimes he'd be like, "Well, we were doing this. Shut up." But other times he'd be like, "Yeah, that's that's kind of how Kalen likes to roll." You know, he's the boss, and that was a perfect example. Uh, the the play where they went for it on fourth down, you know, we were watching in the bar, and and Jen's pretty football literate, but I still ha- kind of had to explain. We're like, "They they can't really go for it here. He, they they kind of have to punt." And then so they had the punting team on the field. They called timeout. Then they come back out. Oh, and they're going to go for it. I was like, "Wow, are they really going to do this?" And then not just that they went for it, the call was a beautiful call. Uh, you know, they gained 30 yards there, everyone won on the game. But then, yeah, <laughs> then they get down there and they're throwing the ball when all they need is a game-winning field goal. I'm kind of watching go, what? What are they doing? But also thinking... Yeah, that's that's the Kalen DeBoer that that we've known all these years.
1: And maybe he doesn't. He's not going to do that with just any quarterback. Maybe he's right. only going to do it with experienced, like literal pros, like Michael Penix. But uh, I just the week before against Oregon State, he did the same thing. They could have just salted away a clock. They were up by I don't know about two, three, four points uh, against Oregon State on the road, and they were I don't even know if they were at midfield. I mean, they were certainly not in field goal range. Fourth and two, and again, he could just run. He throws like two or three times in a row. One of them was an incomplete pass, so it stopped the clock for the other team. And I'm just thinking, Kalen, come on. And then uh, it was either third or fourth and eight. I think it was third and eight. Uh, Again, Penix drops back and throws a strike 15 yards away to the sideline. And then Penix gets back and does like the bow and arrow Mm -hmm. uh, thing. Boo, shut you down. I'm like... That's that's who Kalen is working with, he, yeah. and and that happens partly because Kalen gives him the confidence. I'm going to let you make this play, and I know you're going to make it. Yeah, and I mean that's when he when he almost threw
2: the interception there right before the game-winning field goal. Yeah, that's where you're kind of going, Kalen. What the hell are you doing? But you also have to think of it. That's on Michael Penix too. Like if Kalen is going to give Penix, okay, I'm going to let you throw it here. It's kind of implied like the one thing you can't do is, is turn the ball over here. You can't take a sack. Like, he should be able to trust a veteran quarterback there. Like, if it's not there, you know, slide down, throw it away, whatever. So that's more on if, – if that had backfired, I think that's a little more on Penix than Kalen. But, again, that's the risk you're taking when you do that. He's still a college quarterback. And, yeah, that's – you know, it worked out for him. That's great. Uh, but, I like, like you said, I, I think you got a little bit of a microcosm of what makes Kalen tick a little bit there. Seeing the fourth down conversion, that aggressive play call – you saw all over Twitter in that moment. Everyone go, Jesus! Kalen DeBoer has balls of steel. Oh my God, what a call! And then two minutes later, people go, Kalen, what are you doing? Someone tell him he doesn't have to throw the ball here. You know, that's 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 how he's doing it.
1: But yeah, and it's it's working so far. And and again, it it could all come to an end against Oregon because Oregon almost beat them the first time. They're really good, and boy, that's going to be a, a blast to watch. But okay, so take that play calling and juxtapose that with. Kevin O'Connell and Josh Dobbs late in the game <laughs> last night. You just, you, you know, Dobbs is having a terrible game. He's throwing four picks, and the Vikings get a turnover. And I thought the game was over ha- at the that ball point. Yeah, but it, was, it was run, yeah. run, run, and punt. It was, like it, There were no chances taken. You can run, run, run if you know you're going to kick a field goal. Yeah. But, I mean, it was run, 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 punt, and, you know, the Bears only had to kick a field goal. Uh, but at the same time, Josh Dobbs had thrown four interceptions. Right. The trust level was at an absolute zero. Right. Although, Dobbs had just had his best and only good drive the only of the good, game. Yep, yep. Great throw for throwing, a touchdown. He was he throwing darts. Touchdown. Yeah. So, I thought that, so I don't know if that was a bigger... What did you make of that? Like That was but the uh,
2: Vikings aren't very good.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I know. But I mean, still, they could have well, iced the but game. I mean, like, they could have. It's the fourth quarter. It's a fourth quarter league. I know they played shitty the entire game, but I, you still I, had a chance to seal it.
2: I see both sides. I mean... They have a terrible running game, so there's that. Like, dude, run a ball through. What you're just saying, but yeah, also Josh Dobbs has been playing terrible. Um, I suppose on some level, O'Connell's like, I can't trust you anymore. You know, you're gonna throw another interception or something. Um, so it, that's why why I come. They're just not very good. You know, when I when I was saying earlier, like, oh, geez, you know, I, I don't think it's worth it for them to, to necessarily win these games. The last thing I want is another 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and eight season, which now I look like I was right about that. Um, the rebuttal that I heard from you and, and from some people on Twitter and some of my friends was like, well, look at the schedule. They're going to win all these games now. They're not going to lose again the rest of the season. And they
1: did win five. They did
2: win five in a row, and that's when I kind of was like, all right, I'm back on the bandwagon. Um, and I'm not saying I'm back off of it now, but... This is what we're talking about here. Like, yeah, the schedule isn't that tough, but the Vikings aren't that good. They aren't good enough to just look at their schedule and go, well, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. They just lost at home to the fucking Bears, and the Bears suck.
1: And by the way, uh, the the Bears didn't throw a touchdown They did not
2: score a touchdown in the game. Four field goals. Yeah. 12 to 10. I think they're the first team in the NFL this year to win without scoring a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one... It's one thing to lose to the Bears. It's another, like to lose to the Bears at home. The Bears are a bad football team. Uh, what more do you need to know about these Vikings? They aren't very good. If they were good, they wouldn't lose at home to the Bears. No. They might still make the playoffs. It looks like they still—I mean, odds are they're probably still going to get into the playoffs. Yeah,
1: probably. They're probably going to go to San Francisco in but the cool. first week.
2: So you're nine and eight. Yeah. Whatever they're going to finish. They did beat you the get a Wild Card. You get beat in the first round, <laughs> and you have the 20th pick in the first round of the draft again. I mean, I okay. just—you know—I'll
1: I'll give you that. I think they're—I think they're good. I don't think they're great. It's—they're good with a bunch of turnovers, and I get it. Like a bunch of turnovers, and you're—you're you're bad. You turn it over a bunch, but they're like the world leader in turnovers. <laughs> I would know how this goes. So is Nebraska this year? Literally led the country in turnovers. Uh, at some, if you turn over that much, there's something bumbling and bad about you. But seriously, they're not like they reversed. Especially last night, it's they, they're a better team than the Bears. And, the, and by the way, the, this overshadows how much the better the defense has gotten. I grant that was Justin Fields, granted, but still, I mean, they held an NFL team to four field Without goals, yeah. and uh, they look pretty f- like Brian Flores is calling his, his ass that's off. That's
2: also why I'm not that upset about Kevin O'Connell's play calling in that situation. Like your defense is the strength of the team. Trust your defense. You know, and he did. He did, and just in the NFL. It, like you said, they only needed a field goal. You can be a good defense and if the only the other team only needs to get
1: thirty yards. Yeah, I mean Chicago wasn't gonna score a touchdown in that possession. Right. But, but all they, they needed was one big yeah. throw and a field goal. And that's what they got. Uh and I heard uh, I heard this morning some postgame remarks from Kevin O'Connell. He was clearly pissed at Josh Dobbs and he's clearly he said we've got to play more complimentary football. And the I,
2: offensive line was brutal.
1: Uh yeah.
2: Dobbs and, was running for his life the whole game. Can you imagine if Cousins had been playing in that game last night? <laughs> and everyone would be sitting here talking about how terrible Kirk Cousins is. Instead of being like you
1: know, hey, the, anyway. So we got so we got. I know you don't really care that much, but we got the but but we got the bye week, and so now is it, who's it going to be? I mean, who do you want it to be? Do you want to be Dobbs? Do you want to see what Nick Mullins has? Do you want to see uh, get, go go back to the Jaron Hall thing? One one notion that I heard today was that uh, Josh Dobbs, obviously you know, the passer not. I mean, he's got a brilliant mm-hmm. mind. He processed all that information for those that first win against Atlanta. Uh, that perhaps they. They overextended him with the playbook. Of course, there's also the fact that after two games, now he shows tendencies, and uh-huh. e- even a well, decent team funny, like decent defense some, like the Bears will stop you
2: on that. Me and a couple of buddies have a group text during Vikings games, and I texted last night. I was like, "Take the playbook away from him. Remember how better he was when he didn't know the playbook? Yes, you know, like
1: nobody now knows what to he's that. doing. He's
2: playing shittier. Yeah, you know,
1: like, if you oversimplify or if you simplify things uh, for him, even though he doesn't." Well, he does need it, clearly. Do, or do you think that this is who he is? He's a backup quarterback. Well, and... he is
2: a backup quarterback. I don't think anyone's looking at Dobbs, even with the couple of good games he had early, and saying, oh, maybe we found our quarterback. No, I don't think anyone's looking at it that way. He he strikes me as an ideal QB, two, you know. And that's why he, he was starting for one of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, the, 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 there's guys like that all over the place. Guys that have made their careers. They had a shot as a starter. They weren't quite good enough t- to do it, but they're great. The, the perfect QB, two. You know, if you put good weapons around him and don't ask him to win 16 games and, in and a row. And you
1: only have, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, can, you only have two or three games. Yeah. He can win you one or two. Yes, exactly.
2: Yes. I'd love to have him next year as the backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, to get back to, you know, to your question, what do you want to see now? Well, Justin Jefferson, they, I don't know if you've seen the. It's on the crawler right behind you right now. Has just been activated, so I well, guess that's he's not a
1: surprise. Yeah, uh.
2: um, I, I wonder if. They could have played him last night. And they, they could like, have. Oh, well, but I mean, if their thinking was, it's the Bears. Yeah. We can win without Jefferson, and then and then the bye week after that, it's worth it to hold him back. Well, way to go, dipshits. How'd that work out for <laughs> you? <laughs> well,
1: uh, uh, Collinsworth was making the point on that Sunday night game in Denver. He had asked all these Minnesota Vikings, uh, well, whoever he talked to from the Vikings, including Kevin O'Connell. So, I mean, if you beat Denver, uh, n- n- now you got kind of a leg up, and you're playing with a little house money, and maybe mm-hmm. you don't need Jefferson's Like, is how you do against Denver, is that going to play your hand as to if you play play him against Chicago or not, and according to Collinsworth, they all just kind of, kind of like Cheshire Cat grins, mm-hmm. like they gave a tell with yeah. their faces, yeah. and that uh, well, he must have been right, and yeah. yeah, they could have used him last night.
2: So anyway, he's going to be back. I, would, I think, right. given what Dobbs gave you uh, when he first stepped in there, uh, I'd give him the start. This, their next game. who is Who they play? The Raiders, is it? Or? Yeah, in yeah, Vegas. In Vegas. Vegas, yeah. I'd give Dobbs but, the start. Yeah. But uh, especially, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but O'Connell admitted last night that he toyed with benching Dobbs during the game last night. I was a little surprised to hear him admit that. But the fact that he did lets Dobbs know, like, you are unnoticed. The honeymoon mm, is over. There's no doubt. You played like crap. Yeah. So I think now that he's, he's given him that sort of on the record, like, hey, you know, I almost took you out of the game. You give him the start. He hasn't had a chance to play with Jefferson yet at all. See how if that impacts things at all. Is Dobbs going to be better with Jefferson to throw to? But you make sure Nick Mullins or Jared Hall or both of them, you know, I guess they probably won't activate all three quarterbacks, so I don't know how they'd handle that. But whoever's your two that night, let them know, like, hey, be ready, yeah. because I'm not going to give him as long a leash this time.
1: All right. Uh, I know we got about 10, 15 minutes left, and there's FCS playoffs. i, I got to give a little Augustana it's due. It's, it's, it's too bad. That their season ended at the number one team in the country. It's uh, This is the best doggy team maybe they've ever That's had. That's why it
2: always sucks to be the 4-5 seed, because then you got to go play the number one in the it, second round. Yeah,
1: their yeah. first outright conference title since 1959, and that was a 16-team league. This isn't like winning mm-hmm. the Big Ten West or even the Mo Valley, which has, what, nine or ten teams? This is a 16-team league not no, no, it's not anymore,
2: because you know, St. Cloud dropped football, Crookston left.
1: 13 or 14. Okay, so still. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's it, a big it, conference. Yeah. And, uh,. I and they were amazing and there's Won it two, outright, there's, there's two you know. there's two ways to look at. First, I think the region thing is dumb. Come on, it's 2023. Let them get on a plane and travel across the country somewhere. Let's not do regions for well, the division do, two playoffs. Always having, oh, you're
2: gonna play the team you just played last week. Yeah, you know that they seem to do every year. That's, that might happen
1: if you have these regions. Like, just yeah. do it like FCS does and uh, just. Seed the teams and you know and make them go where they need it's to go because they
2: don't give a shit about Division Two.
1: Uh, clearly, no, that's why. Clearly, yeah. and the, but the other thought I had was was a fifty six fourteen number one team in the country at their place. It's kind of like well, if they would have eventually ran in the Colorado School of Mines, I don't think the result would have been that much different and they probably weren't a national title worthy team so second round third fourth round whenever they got knocked out who cares it sounds
2: like everyone is playing for just for second place in division two this year that mines is that good uh you might oj's quote in our story we had a guy out there in colorado covering it for us was like we did we play our best game maybe maybe you know probably not would it have mattered if we did probably not I mean, yeah. that's pretty telling for OJ to come out and say, like, just basically, they're just that much better. How
1: you know? sustainable do you think this is? Like, it's a big leap, but, you know, Augustana men's basketball, they win a national title and they just kind of went back to what they've been, very good. Yeah, um,
2: I mean, the, men, the men's basketball team got hurt by the whole D1 thing because, mm-hmm. you know, they it changed how they were recruiting and then yeah. they ended up, oh, never mind, we're going back to Division two. I think they're still kind of trying to dig out from underneath that. I don't know if it affected football as much. Um, you know they're going to lose some good players this year. Obviously, their quarterback will be gone. Some receivers will be gone. Uh, their star offensive lineman will be gone. They'll be losing some guys on defense. Uh, but they've pretty. W- you know, OJ's got a pretty, pretty good, pretty good program going there. We heard Curtis no talk on this podcast a few weeks ago about how well Augustana does recruiting locally. Um, you know, are they going to be? able to bounce back next year and and go further than they did this year that seems unlikely I think this year was kind of one of those years where they that they were building up to they made their big run kind of similar to what South Dakota State's going through right now not to change the subject but the Jacks are going to have to you know recalibrate next year rebuild whatever you want to say I think Augie's going to be there a little bit but they've kind of got to that point now where even in a rebuilding year they can still hope to contend you know Mm -hmm. so we'll see and and that's I'm saying that without knowing much about the other teams in the NSIC. You know, I don't know if Duluth or Mankato or whatever has their whole teams coming back. I have no idea. Yeah.
1: But hats off to Aggie. It was an awesome year, and it was a great year to go to their games because most of their games were on nice days. Yep. And I know you got to go to a couple. I went to one, and, and it, 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 we all feel good for OJ. He's just an incredibly good dude. He's always, he's always had good teams. He's had a couple clunker years, but for the most part, it's been consistently good, and we all knew there was potential for great, and we got it this year, and we couldn't be happier.
2: Well, we talk a lot about how you know, on the national stage, people are just starting to figure out how good – FCS football is at the top level. How good the Jacks are. Mm -hmm. How how the caliber of play is so good. And it is. And you see it with all these guys going to the NFL. The same thing is true of the upper levels of of the NSIC of Division 2. Is Augustana as good as South Dakota State? No. But I don't think people realize how good that football is. You go out to watch you know, Augie play Mankato, Bemidji, whatever. Like, that's some really good football. There's some really good athletes out there. And there there are some guys there. Their offensive tackle, Blake Larson, he might get drafted. You know, their starting quarterback, Casey Bauman, played a couple years at Montana State. Uh, that That's – as much as the Jacks and FCS have, have raised the bar of football in this area, the teams below them have kind of, you know, yeah. risen up accordingly. They've stayed, you know, the same level of – you know behind them and it's not the highest level of football in South Dakota but it's a really high oh, level of football. Oh I mean
1: and you get, well and you mentioned the quarterback he's like 6-6 I mean you you just look at him you watch him walk out in the huddle yeah. and you're like that's a division 2 quarterback Yeah. and then you know he just he's okay he's not he's not Aiden Bauman, I mean, mm-hmm. or even, or he's not Mark Gronowski, but, like, still, he, he he can play a little bit, and it just doesn't seem like Division two football. You got, like, a guy like Goodberry. I mean, I remember him in high school, the Southwest mm-hmm. Christian kid, mm-hmm. and, like, that's a 6'5 tight end. I mean, yeah. he was not tight, who's not uh, real always, thin.
2: I used to always tell people the different, one of the biggest differences you would see going to, like, say, an SDSU practice and then an Augie or USF practice was in the lineman in that, you know, yeah, they might all look the same on the roster when you look at it. Six six three hundred, six mm. six, three hundred, six five, three ten. You know, you kind of see the same numbers everywhere. But the FCS guys are six six, three twenty of muscle, you know. And then you'd see some of the D2 guys and they're they're fat guys, they're chubby guys, you know. Yeah, they're they're they have the size, but they're not as good athletes. You're starting to see that change too. You know, I've seen in the last couple of years how much more not just better the D2s have gotten on the line of scrimmage, but how much more athletic they've got on the line of scrimmage. They always had the size, but not necessarily the athletes, and I think you're starting to see yeah. that trickle down a little
1: bit. Right, too. and then like uh, Joe Utech plays, no, Logan Utech mm-hmm. playing receiver. I mean, I remember that at, at Washington. Like, yeah. that's not a big kid, that's a, that's a Division two size, but like the athleticism, the speed, mm-hmm. it's like no one's surprised he's doing that at, at the Division two level and helping them be a nationally relevant team. Meanwhile, South Dakota State, how good is Mercer? Like, what are we thinking here?
2: I don't know. Um, they're in the SoCon. That's not a great league, but the SoCon went three zero in the first round of the playoffs. Um, they played Ole Miss this year, who's a really good FBS team. They got beat seventy three to seven. So that gives you a little idea of how they did when they played against the highest level of football. Um, they've won five in a row. Uh, they've got some talent. You know, Jimmy said all the the, the usual things about what a good football team are and the challenges they have. But, I mean, I think I saw their 28-point dogs. They've only been a football team for about 10 years um, which is common now of a lot of these. Uh, that's who's left in FCS. Where in is area. Mercer?
1: Uh, Macon, Georgia. Oh, good. Oh, I like Macon, Georgia.
2: Yeah, so weather could be a factor. You know, you've already heard some some of their fans whining about, geez, it's going to be cold. It's oh, like, actually, it's not. We're not going to talk about attendance. Well, but I mean like 42 degrees in, in South Dakota. That's actually pretty warm. Oh, it's tropical. Warm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Without the wind, of course. Uh, they they beat Gartner-Webb 17-7 last week. So, like I said, they're coming in on a five-game winning streak. But I think there's a little bit of... Hey, they're playing with house money. They made the playoffs, which they never this is their first time ever in the playoffs. They won their first playoff game. They get to go on this fun trip to the number 1 team in the nation, this big stadium, you know, where it's going to be cold and they're they're probably going to get their asses kicked and be be okay with it. Yeah. Like, hey, we had a great year. That was fun.
1: Did you get a chance to check out Sac State against North Dakota? A
2: little bit. I watched some of it on my phone. I was following the scores the whole time. I was more following scores than watching the actual game. Uh, I'm glad Sac State won. Nothing against North Dakota, but I just, I don't want to see another Valley rematch right away. You know, I'm sure USD fans are much more excited yeah. about playing Sacramento State than, oh, we get to play the team, same team that was just here two weeks ago. Um,
1: On the and other token, they just barely beat UND. They could have easily lost that game. Right. I mean, they earned the win down the stretch, but mm-hmm. now you're yeah. now you're yeah. playing a team that clearly could beat them.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but but Sac State could beat them. You know, they obviously you know did a lot of good things in that game. Uh, I, you know, I haven't broken that one down or anything. I don't know a ton about Sac State. The Jacks went out to Sacramento a couple of years ago. I was there for that game. Uh, Jack's, like, totally dominated. They had, like, 21 nothing, and looked like they were going to roll, and then they ended up holding on for a 24-21 win. Um, you know, the Carson camp angles there, although I think there's almost no shot he gets into the game. He's not only not the starting quarterback, I don't even know if he's the two. He might be their third-string guy. So, uh, like I said, I just think, you know, Mercer coming to Brookings, uh, Sac State going to Vermillion. that's what the playoffs are about. You know, seeing some new teams from different parts of the country, uh, that makes it feel more like a a tournament, more like a playoff. I think that's fun. Uh, And, you know, USD against Sac State should be a great game. If you look at some of the, like, Vegas odds that are coming out on who's got the best shot of winning the title, and, like, nobody seems to believe in USD. Um, So it'll be fun to see, you know, can they prove those people wrong, prove those people right. Because we talked about USD did not get a good draw. For being the three seed, they have a a tough game right off the bat. This is not by any means an easy, quote-unquote, first game for them. And then if they win, they get to play the winner of North Dakota State and Montana State, which to segue into that, holy shit, is that going to be a good game? You know, Bison just beat Drake, which was essentially a bye. Now they go to Montana State, the team that we all thought was going to be the two or three seed. They kind of stumbled down the stretch, so they had to settle for the six. It's not a good draw for Montana State either. You think they're happy about having to play the Bison? Yeah, the Bison are down this year, but they're still the Bison, you know? I think they are, are the, the all those Vegas odds on who's going to win the FCS. Last I saw, NDSU was number two behind SDSU, and they're unseated. Last time these two teams played was in Frisco a couple years ago, and the Bison wiped the floor with them. They're obviously not the same team now that they were then, although they're starting to play a little bit more like it. So that's the most exciting game, I think, of this second round. Uh, Idaho's hosting Southern Illinois. The Jason Eck angle there, you know, he's, he's familiar with Southern Illinois from coaching in the Valley all those years. Uh, there's some other uh, Youngstown State goes to Vill- Villanova. Villanova's the 8th seed. They should win that, but Youngstown State's a valley team.
1: You know, uh, you and you and your fond memories of Villanova. I'm that was sure. a,
2: that was a fun trip. I'd never been to Philadelphia. I got my picture taken with the Rocky statue. Okay. The trip, yeah. the,
1: the trip back was a little yes. wasn't that the travel hell trip? Yes, it was. Uh, by the way, one note on North Dakota State. Uh, David Braun was on yeah. their staff last year. David Braun uh, is now the full-time coach at Northwestern. He leads them to a Bowl game and the Bra- Matt rule the can't year. get in the Matt rule can't get Nebraska to a bowl game after Northwestern won once last year had a total charade well shit show uh, and David Braun had not spent a second of his football career playing or coaching at the FBS level at all and now he's got he's a Big Ten head coach and took Northwestern to a bowl uh, that's pretty awesome he had spent the last four years at NDSU um, okay uh, we're we're coming down the stretch here. Uh, Missouri Valley Football Awards. Bob Nielsen's the coach of the year, and is, am I correct that Isaiah Davis and Mark Ransky shared offensive player of the year? Correct. Okay, how do you feel about all that? I mean, Bob, Bob that, that's not worth a discussion. I think I agree with that. But, yeah, I
2: mean, some uh, people made the case for Jimmy, and sure. like I said, you, you can't poo-poo what he did going undefeated, but I think everyone felt like... The one thing I'll say in Bob's defense, or in support of Bob, I heard a few people say, well, yeah, he led this big turnaround, but it was his fault they were shitty last year. So no, it wasn't. Right? Yeah, I think that should be. We should <laughs> if, make that. Disclaimer. If you say that, you were not paying attention. Agreed. Agreed. So I do think Bob deserves that award. Uh, I I feel like Gronowski is, and I, I I I don't like saying this because it feels like I'm shitting on Isaiah Davis, and I'm I'm certainly not. He's the best running back in the FCS, maybe the best running back in in Missouri Valley. Well, I don't say very Missouri Valley history. One of the best ones we've ever seen, but just it's just sort of common knowledge in football now that you know the quarterback is what drives his bus you know running backs don't win MVPs in the NFL anymore running backs don't get 200 million dollar contracts or should they right yeah. uh, so th- I think it's more in my opinion the value of the position not uh, again I'm, I'm not in any way trying to put down Isaiah Davis to me, Gronowski as the offensive MVP was a slam dunk, and I'm glad he got at least a share of it.
1: And Brock Mogensen wins the uh, player, the uh, defensive player of the year. From I think USD. he's totally
2: deserving. Yeah. I mean, USD uh, their defense is what drove this this year. You know, that's another thing yeah. people are like. Oh, the only thing Bob Nielsen did was hire Josh Davis. Come on. I realize Jack's fans don't want to give USD any credit for anything, but it was their defense that made them so dominant this year. And Brock <laughs> Mogensen's the the captain, the leader, the key to that defense. And the
1: UND win for USD was second to last week of the season. I think it was. That I mean, that pretty much clinched their, their number three seed. I mean, they had to take care of business at Western Illinois, but right. I mean, their defense in t- almost entirely won that game, mm-hmm. especially the last five or ten minutes when it counted the most. Okay, uh, last one I'll ask you. you. You mentioned all the great football you saw on Saturday. How much of that instant classic Nebraska-Iowa game did you see on uh, Friday? Quite a bit of it. Yeah? What would you think there? Did, were you at all compelled by how close and how un- how, Unoffensive, it was that it was, I was almost rooting
2: for them to come in on the under because it was the lowest. I'm sure you saw yes! the lowest over under in history, and it went under. And it did, it did. I got to explain to Jen the whole uh, <laughs> Ference debacle that's been going on yeah. with how Kirk has refused to replace Brian, yeah. and finally, the interim athletic director had to step in and say, yes. hi Kirk, I'm firing your son because he's yeah. the worst yeah. and everyone in this program has been waiting for you to do the right thing and well, then Kirk pouted about no, I guess I don't get to pick my staff anymore yeah. no, you don't, <laughs> because you would rather choose your son over you know, winning football games, I mean I know they've been winning games, but I can only imagine how frustrating, I, I don't give a shit about the Hawkeyes, but I mean like, I can only imagine how frustrating that is, to have your coach going, hey we're 10-2, and two, so who cares if we're scoring 10 points a game
1: Maybe yeah. if you scored 25 points a game, you'd be a national champion. Well, like- and and by the way, I still put the burden more on Kirk Ferens than I do on Brian Ferens for their offense being so shitty. Not just because Kirk hired Brian, but because Brian's doing his marching orders. Kirk, wa- he really wants to... I'm not saying the guy only... I'm not saying he wants to score only 15 right. or 18 points a game. I'm not saying he wants to punt on every series but he's the closest thing that there is to a coach who does that like right. and they have killer defense it's and not special a, teams they they have the best
2: punter i've ever seen they, yeah. they, and they use him as a weapon they
1: deserve every win they got i'm not i'm not that like they, he Kirk Ferentz is a great He's a great college football coach, and I, it's it's taken me a long time to admit that. But mm-hmm. he's had like six straight eight or nine win seasons. Mm-hmm. Give him his due, but he's but he but Kirk Ferentz, I truly believe, truly believes that the part, the reason why our defense and special teams are so great and we win games is because we, we don't any do anything of, on offense. Yeah. We don't take any chances. Yep. Uh, Punts are yep. great, and uh, Nebraska tried the uh, the best line I heard about that game. And I know you got to go. Is Nebraska almost out Iowa, to Iowa? But then Nebraska, Nebraska itself, at the very end, and I and you're gonna you're gonna hear you're gonna hear this if you listen back to the podcast. But I'm gonna play a two minute rant that a Des Moines sportscaster had. Uh, I saw it on oh, social media. Yeah. It's so like I was only gonna play. I'm like I'm not gonna play the whole thing for Matt, but it's worth playing the whole thing because it shits all over Nebraska. And as a Husker fan, I couldn't deny one word, thing, yeah. or one joke he said so we're going to play that now All right. see you next week yeah
0: they play for the win in regulation and then what happens they take too much time burn their final timeout. then chubba purdy throws a horrible interception they give up a long run to lashawn williams and then they watch the hawkeyes second string kicker kick a 38 yard field goal exactly 39 yards to end their season <laughs> you don't know whether to laugh or cry at this point well course you laugh. But 85,000 Husker fans stood out there all day freezing their big red asses off only to watch the Huskers drop a turd in their own punch bowl, or Las Vegas bowl, or quick lane bowl, or whichever crappy bowl that the Nebraska fans once looked down their noses at and now would run over their own mother with their rusty 90s Trans Am to get an invite to. There will be some of you who say, huh, Come on sound off. The Nebraska jokes are getting old. No kidding. We've been trying to change the subject for a decade now. The material just keeps coming. I mean, you know what else is getting old though? The people who remember this is anything but a mediocre football program. I mean, fans who were in their 30s when they watched the Huskers win their last national title are now eligible to collect their social security. I'm not exaggerating. The Nebraska student section must think they're getting gaslighted by the older fans around them. We were good? When? Eight coaches ago? How many states were there then? Seriously, Nebraska fans were insufferable at one time, but this got old like three years ago. We want this to be a rivalry, a game that means something. Let's lay it out there one more time and then just leave it, okay? Iowa was missing its four best players. They had a kicking game that couldn't hit a routine field goal, a passing game that couldn't hit the ground with a frozen turkey it threw out of an airplane, and absolutely nothing to play for, and, at home with a trip to their first bowl game in seven years on the line, Nebraska still lost.
1: Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck <laughs> you.
2: Yes.